Today on Kettle of Fish, comedian Christine Barger stops by to talk about Gishwes, podcasting puppets, and Midsummer Screams. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty, welcome to our Kettle of Fish mini show. Um, Dwayne is here, Fern is here. Today, we are having ventriloquist Christine Barger on, who I had seen through Jay Johnson's page when we had him on, and it was pretty incredible. I went and I researched all things Christine Barger. I was super impressed as of anybody I invite to be on the show, and I'm looking forward to talking to her. So, Christine, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I am doing awesome. I want to thank you for calling into the show. I know you got a lot going on, and actually you're um, out and about right now, right? Are you on tour, or you're actually at Midnight Scream? What are you up to right now? Um, so I am on my way to Midsummer Scream in Long Beach. Uh, I'm sorry, Midsummer moderate- Scream. Yeah, I'm moderating um, an escape room panel today. I do escape rooms for fun. And I've done almost 200 nationwide, oh, and man. so they're having me moderate the panel with a couple of escape room owners who um, are horror-themed escape rooms. So that's at 11.30 here today on the West Coast. So I had seen you talk about escape rooms on your Twitter and on your page, and I was all hyped up to tell you this story how we, the Tin Can Media crew just went to an escape room in Virginia Beach we conquered it, got out faster than anyone had done before, yep. but now I feel like that experience is pales to what you've done. You've done over 200. <laughs> We've escaped one. So now I'm feeling a little bit cut down. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. You, you broke the record? We did, right, Fern? We got out of there quicker than anyone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we actually broke the record. The, uh, the next uh, people behind us was the local... New, I think it was uh, Wavy TV 10, the local news channel staff here, and we beat them by a few minutes. So, yeah, it was fun. Nice. And, you know, my brother, we went out to dinner recently, and I was telling him about the escape room. We were still on the escape room high because it had been like two days since we beat it. So my dad and my brother were in town, and I was bragging about it. And it's amazing to me how many people still have not heard of escape room. He thought I was joking. He's like, there's no such thing as that. I'm like, get on your phone and Google it. There absolutely are escape rooms. It's a big thing. Well, I've never heard of it, and he's younger than I am. Is it amazing how many pe- how off the radar this still is? It's it's surprising. Um, for me, a lot of people who I talk to know about them, and if they don't, it's easy. I just go, go to my blog, and then they, they go there, and they read about them. But I, um, I sat at a new location that just opened in Hollywood last weekend, waiting for a room. We did three there back-to-back while we took a a lunch break and came back. But um, we sat in the lobby for quite some time, and they had a lot of uh, tourists walking in because it's in Hollywood, on Hollywood Boulevard. And they would walk in and say, what is this? And I would just hear them constantly explaining it over and over and over again. And there were very few people who went, oh, I've heard of that. They were like, what? And they'd show them a video, and, and people really didn't know. And I thought, you know, it was a, a trend that people knew about by now. But apparently there's quite a few people that still don't know that you can be locked in a room for an hour for fun. 
Yeah, it's an, I I really I've only been to two of them. I went with my work one time here in Knoxville as well, and it is something that I could see myself if I had the time becoming a big fanboy of and doing all the time. It, I love those things. Oh yeah, it was a blast. Thank you, D. That was our lovely producer, D. All right, let's dig into what you do, Christine. I went back and watched a bunch of your videos. And the thing that struck me is the seamless relationship you have with your puppets. Like, I mean, it was just, it didn't miss a beat. And then I looked at your IMBD and I saw that you were in various other roles, just playing different characters. And it just got me to wondering, is it harder to shift from, I'm going to be doing this on stage and kind of a duet type of situation that's just of myself, but it's still me interacting with this puppet and then going and acting, just you, you're alone, doing something, as far as project-wise, just playing a different role. Is that a hard shift for you? Um, I enjoy playing other people. So it's really not, uh, it's, it's easy to switch um, into acting mode versus puppet mode, because with my figures, they're playing personalities that are separate for me as well. So... It's actually harder to play yourself and play opposite a puppet because it's you being two personalities at once. Or if you're using two puppets, three personalities at once. Whereas an actor, you just get in the zone and you like you stay that other character for as long as you need to be. And that's you're an interesting point when you say two personalities at once because there did used to be this stigma of ventriloquists were kind of sinister and mentally deranged. And I feel like... Um, that whole genre has come a long way, right? I mean, there there isn't that kind of stigma attached to being a ventriloquist <laughs> anymore, right? I can't imagine that still exists. That's so funny. I just had a guy call me like two days ago doing a, he's doing an article for some website and he wanted to know, that was his question. He was like, so do you think ventriloquists have mental disorders? <laughs> Like, wow. are they all multiple personalities? And I was like, really? No. I mean, I mean, obviously we're splitting our personality, but with the conscious choice, it's a skill. It's not a disability or a disorder. That is but weird. I thought that would be totally people still think that. Yeah, I thought that would be totally purged from our culture by now. That's got to be surprising to you, right? Well, you know, I mean, since I was a kid, and, and even now when I show up with Darlene, because she looks scary if you've seen movies like Chucky or uh, Magic or any of those great Twilight Zone episodes like Talking Tina. People get scared of her and they're like, oh, she's really creepy. Does she ever come to life at night? I'm like, yes, yes, she does. She tried to kill me three times. Like, no, of course not. (laughs) But, you know. So let me ask you this because I went in and as I always do, I dug way into everything you're involved in. And you do photography, you do acting, you have so many interests. Do you consider yourself a ventriloquist and then all those other things are just little components of Christine Barger? Or do you consider yourself a performer and ventriloquist is just the thing you're mostly known for or known for the most? Yeah, I usually, if people ask what I do, I say an entertainer or a performer um, because acting is a passion of mine and so is ventriloquism. But... You know, it's all in the same world. It's all about making people laugh, making people smile, making them forget their problems for however long they're they're being entertained by me. And that's the goal, is I just want to entertain people and have a, you know, have a good time doing it. 
Um, I don't like to say I'm a ventriloquist unless someone's looking for a ventriloquist, then yes, I'm a ventriloquist. If they're looking for an actor, then I'm an actor that does ventriloquism. You know, it's just kind of the packaging based on the job. And I noticed I'm on your site, too, and this is another thing that struck me as odd. You play so many types of different venues, and I saw that you play a lot of corporate gigs. Mm-hmm. I I have a hard time reconciling that in my mind. It seems like corporate, and maybe I've just got a bad attitude towards corporate beings in general, but I just feel like they would be so smug and a sense of humor level would be so low that would be like, what is this chick doing up here with a puppet? This is stupid. My five-year-old, this is something my five-year-old would be into, not me. That's funny. No, corporate gigs are great. Um, usually the, the people who are at a corporate gig, they want to have fun, um, especially if it's like for their Christmas party or something like that. But um, but even when it's just, you know, just one of those events where they bring you in and they've been, you know, at a conference all day and they need to relax and to just enjoy themselves. And then they get up on stage with me because what I do is so different. You've seen other ventriloquists and they do that sort of stand up back and forth. Maybe the audience gets involved here or there, but my show's so different because of the ventriloquist with Billy where we bring people on stage and get them involved in the show. And so it's like, whose line is it anyway? And it's Jeff Dunham. If Jeff Dunham was a chick. So yeah. that's, that's basically what I'm doing. And so it's, it's a different type of show and it's really about making them the star of the show. And everybody likes to be the star of the show and look good in front of their friends, especially CEOs and managers, you know, and and that's what it's about. It's about making them part of the show and giving them an experience that will stick with them through the next, you know, through their lifetime, but definitely through the next year or so as their friends and coworkers are making jokes saying, oh yeah, that was so cool when you were up there and you made that joke, even though half the time it might've been coming out of my voice, but looking out like it's coming out of their mouth. Yeah, and that's what, like I said in the beginning of the episode, what struck me is how seamless things are between you and your puppets. And when I go, I'm, I, before we had Jay Johnson on the show, I loved him from Soap. I actually asked him to come on because I was a huge fan of Soap. And then I watched his video. I got his, um, the two and only video and I saw the whole dynamic of it. And I just fell in love with the art form. But still, when I go and I watch Jeffrey Dunham or the guys that are really well-known, besides mm-hmm. Jay, I feel like I can tell there's not a relationship there. But when I watch you and Jay, and this is the reason I've had you and Jay on the show in particular, I can actually sense the relationship. And it is coming off as a very seamless back and forth. And that's what I like about it. Well, thank you. I think part of it goes back to the acting training as well as the fact that I really think of my friends as my friends. Like, I think of Billy Yonkers, when I say we're a two-person improv game, people are like, oh, who's the other part? I'm like, well, Billy Yonkers, he's my puppet. Yeah, and that's and, the first thing he said to me. where people start to think, well, there's the crazy. <laughs> well, when I wrote you, I was like, hey, do I refer to them as puppets or dolls? Because I had talked to someone else that said, well, I call them dolls and stuff, and I want to be respectful. And you said, well, you can always say my friends. And that's the first yeah. time I ever heard it put in that context. But they are my friends. They they have their own personalities that, that have to live inside of me but come out through them. And and if you don't think of them as your friends, then you won't have a relationship with them. If you think of them as that thing that you do on stage to make money, there's no relationship there. Well, you do it beautifully. And like I said, I wouldn't have you on the show if I didn't think so. So this isn't well, just me you. kissing your butt thing, or something. Yeah, go ahead, Dwayne. I, I'm seeing a lot of similarities here between ventriloquists 
and serial killers. I'm just saying, that's all. <laughs> Multiple personalities, they're, they're little private friends. That's all I'm picking up for this. <laughs> well, I take back the stigma remark, obviously. <laughs> it still lingers out there. <laughs> D, I had sent you, I saw that um, Christine was going to Gishwish. Gish was, I hope I'm pronouncing yes, that, it. That's actually why I was so flustered this morning because Gish was the, the list went live at 7 this morning my time. So I woke up at 10 to 7 and I lost track of time going through the 170 some items trying oh God, to see which ones I wanted many? to sign up for. Oh my gosh, I can't believe there's that many. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I was so excited. I, I booked myself out for the week basically when Gish was coming. I'm so excited for it. Yeah, and we saw, Nick sent it to me. As he started to say, and I totally jumped him. And um, I said, Tin Can Media, this, next year. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so I looked at it, and I'm like, because he's like, oh, this looks cool. And I look into it, and I'm watching all these videos and, you know, watching Misha's video on what is Gishwis and all of these other things. And I just about cry because I love, love, love that Gishwis is not – I mean, it's about fun, and it's about – you know, sharing art and yourself and creativity, which, by the way, um, we we have another podcaster that's coming on with us um, in about a week because she's going to have her own podcast. Um, her name is Mary England. She does uncustomary.org, which is all about self-love and art expression, and she does a lot of random art installations where she'll just be like, hmm, that signpost looks like it needs glitter all over it. Let's go do that. You know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's you know she does gishwas. Um, cause it's like Gish was in a person, but no, um, so I kept watching these videos and I, I love how it's very creative and artistic and fun and, you know, gets people together. But then there's that side of it that's very humanitarian and giving back to the community and helping those who don't have. And I just, I mean, how great is that? Like, do you have like a favorite thing that you've done with Gish was so far that you were just like, Oh my God, I couldn't have done it without that. Well, it's only been live this year for two and a half hours, and the only thing I've done so far is tweet out the um, stroke video. Oh, so this if is you your go first to year? either myself uh, at, at Christine Barger, or if you go to Darlene Hollywood, that she's got a Twitter also. That's Darlene, my friend, my dummy. She's got her own Twitter. We both tweeted it out this morning already, and that's one of the items to do. Um, and it's sharing this video on um, how to recognize a stroke. From one of the supernatural actors that had a stroke happen to him when oh, wow. he was um, at a convention, I think last year or two years ago. Mm-hmm. But last year, my, I think my favorite item was my husband and I dressed in, um, I wore a wedding gown and he wore, um, not a tux, but what he wore for our wedding. And we went down to the farmer's market in the valley and it was like 100 degrees out that day. And we had to stand embraced in a hug for 20 minutes without moving and then time lapsed it down. Oh. And all these people kept walking by going, what, what is that? You know, and our friend who was also doing dishes was recording it. And she had to keep explaining over and over again, it's this nonprofit and it's about, you know, spreading love and, and, you know, uh, random acts of kindness. Um, There were, you know, other great items that we did that were fun. Um, I dropped off a bunch of arts and crafts uh, flowers, origami flowers at a nursing home. Um, We did, uh, we dropped, we donated board games to, a shelter. I mean, there's things like that. Um, I also got to learn about this, the treatment, the sewage treatment plant. I got to dress in a full, like, evening gown with my friend who plays the violin. 
And we went down and took photos at a sewage treatment plant, but we also got to take the tour, so we learned about how they do recycled water in L.A. So it's educational for you. It's educational and helpful in giving back to the community. And there's so many great things about it, and that's why I love it. And it's just fun, and I'm super competitive. So the fact that it's a competition on top of it makes it even better. That is awesome. Nick? I want to hit this last point because we've got to get out of here on this segment. But I'm I'm going through, and the things that you do, your videos. I just saw a video of you and your cat yesterday. (laughs) They make me smile. And I'm I'm kind of looking at all the things you're into. I know you go to Disneyland like every weekend. You're a big Disney enthusiast. I don't know what your political or religious leanings are, but it seems like you have such childlike wonder – in a nation right now that is gripped in such like partisan hate and division and the media has gone out of control, does does that make life easier for you that you just kind of go through and just focus so much on the positive? Or does are you untouched by all those horrible things we see come across our feet all day, every day? I wouldn't say I'm untouched by it. Um, it does help to try to see the positive in everything. Um, sometimes, you know, negatives creep in and I try not to share that on social media because there's enough of it out there and there's no reason for me to add to that. So if I'm feeling it or I'm thinking it, I think about it two or three times before I decide whether or not I'm going to post it if it's negative online because I don't like to put negative energy out there. There's no reason for it. I see enough of it. Um, but I definitely think that everyone should try to embrace that childlike wonder and and really love life because it's this one life that you have and you share it with the people around you, and you need to, to embrace that. Sounds just like me and my philosophy. No, you have that anti-philosophy, <laughs> Dwayne. All right. We've got to get out of here and move on to the next segment. Um, Christine, I want to thank you so much for coming on. This is our first interaction on air, and I definitely had a great time. Please tell everybody where to find you online and what you're working on. I am online at at Christine Barter um, on Twitter and Facebook and then Instagram on actress Christine Barter. And then Darlene has her um, her Twitter as well, Darlene Hollywood. Even my cat has a Twitter, the Year of Fun. That's my cat's Twitter. <laughs> wow. So you can find me there. And then um, I have my blog is thehauntgirl.com. The Haunt Girl is my escape room blog and other oddities. And then if you want to find me just online, either the puppetgirl.net or christinebarger.com. It's really easy. Just search Christine Ventriloquist. You'll find me online. I'm nice. All righty. Well, thank you very much for calling in, especially from the road. I appreciate chatting with you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a great day. And good luck with this crazy task you're taking on. Such a long podcast. Yeah, 12 hours. It is, I, I'm already starting to feel my endurance level. I'm going to have to go get some sugar. Oh, mm-hmm. It's some Red Bull. Right? Yes. 